All right, good afternoon, church. How you guys doing? Welcome to the happy hour sponsored by the Hampton Roads Church. How about that? Never heard that before. I've heard worse things. <laughs> that made me excited, though. Appetizers, half off, and communion. All sorts of stuff. Who knows what goes on at that happy hour at Hampton Roads Church? All right, let's see if this works. For some reason, this is not working. I might need someone to come and help me with this. Because normally... Wait, hold up. All right, it's connected now, so somebody come and help me. <laughs> Amen. Well, uh, somebody in the back is coming to help me. I'm going to do some announcements that didn't quite get announced. Uh, number one, there is a team camp fundraiser going on in the back. They're selling chili. Chili is good. A bowl of chili is $5. Bottled water to go with your bowl of chili is $1. And you get two bags of chips for $1 as well. And all of that goes to benefit Teen Camp, to help get our teens to Teen Camp. Teen Camp is awesome, right, teens? Yeah. Right, your teen leaders aren't here right now, so it's just you guys. So, right, teens? Yeah. There we go. Cool. Amen. So, go help some kids get to Teen Camp. It's awesome. I don't know what's going on. Somebody's doing something. <laughs> Amen. We may not have it tonight. The other uh, announcement is that uh, we have this summer, we have the REACH Conference, which is really exciting. Uh, if you haven't registered, if you don't know what it is, it means uh, all disciples or a bunch of disciples from all over the United States are going to be coming in and uh, in St. Louis this summer around 4th of July weekend and basically having a big conference uh, to build each other's faith, uh, faith, to reach God, to reach each other, and to reach the lost. But if you want to go and register, they extended the early bird registration to tonight. 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 The price goes up at midnight. The price goes up. Don't miss out because you will be sad if you do. We still having problems? I've been stalling a lot here. <laughs> I've been doing all right. Tell a joke. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead and turn your Bibles over to Ephesians 1. We'll just see what we got. And if we get it, we get it. If we don't, we don't. I've got my notes up here. Ephesians 1 is good. And what we've been doing for the for all of 2016, you might, not, you might need to come up here and get this too, by the way, is we've been going through Ephesians 1 all about who we are in Christ. And we've been we've gone through... Uh, all of Ephesians 1 talking about, it's our computer, so if you want to mess with that. Talking about who we are. We've talked about things like I am blessed and how God has blessed us, how we've been chosen by God, how we've been adopted into his family. We've talked about how we were forgiven. We've been talking about how we've been redeemed and how we've been included. And today we're going to finish the kind of beginning section Uh of Ephesians 1, ooh, the phone's all freaking out. We're gonna finish the beginning, this beginning section uh, that just is basically spouting off how awesome things are in God. And today, the lesson is entitled, I am sealed. I am sealed. 
And what we're going to do is we're actually, we're going to read all of Ephesians uh, 1 again, and we're going to see something different pop out at us. But let me tell you a little bit of a story. So I went to James Madison University. Dukes. There you go, Dukes. There's, there's one Duke in the audience. Let's go, Chris Guerra. And at JMU, I walked around, and, and uh, as you go around campus, uh, JMU's got a, a pretty decent football. Hey, there it goes. It's awesome. There it is. Perfect. <laughs> That's exactly the slide I wanted. There you go. JMU. So you walk around James Madison University. Thanks so much, LV. Give LV a hand for doing all that. You walk around JMU, and uh, Jamie's got a pretty decent football culture. We won the national championship for AA back in 2004. It was great. And we're still holding on to that pretty hard. <laughs> but as you walk around campus, you see a lot of people that are in pretty decent shape. Our gym, UREC, is pretty awesome. But you also, as I, as I walk around, you would see these guys in these awesome sweatsuits. And they were football players wearing the football team sweatsuits. They'd be like these bright, they change every year, but when I was, when I was there, they were like these bright purple, it was like royalty. And you'd walk around and you're like, man, that's just so cool. And I went, I was like, you know, I'm not really a sweatsuit wearer, but like for that, I could totally go for that, spring for that. So I walk into the bookstore and I'm like looking around, I'm like, we don't really have a, where, where, where the football, I, I want this football player sweatsuit. But I was too proud to ask anybody. And so I'm like, all right, I just slink out the back door and whatever. Maybe I'll find it online and find it online. I just wanted one of those sweatsuits. And uh, one day we actually sat down and studied the Bible with one of the football players. And finally I get the chance to ask the question, dude, where can I get one of those sweet sweatsuits? And he just kind of looks at me with a little bit of like, a little bit of pride in himself and a little bit of like, who are you? <laughs> he's like, those, those are for football players only. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I wasn't part of the special team. <laughs> you ever have that where you want to be included in on something? You want that, but you can't get it. And you're like, and then when you get the news, it will never be that way. <laughs> I'm like, I guess I could walk on to JMU's football like team, but I would die in the first 15 minutes. They would kill me. I play flag football, but that's a whole different animal. And there's just something like, that's unattainable. I'll never get there. I'll never be that way. You know, fill in the blank for whatever it was for you. But that's actually how early people in the early church that weren't Jewish felt about coming to God. A sense of, you actually don't get to be part of the chosen special people. Because at the time, there was a very chosen special people. And they walked around and you knew it. Everybody knew that the Jews were the special people. And that's actually a lot of what this opening part of Ephesians 1 is talking about. So let's go ahead and read this together. It says, starting in verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Pause real quick. I've highlighted all the us's in here because you're going to notice a pronoun shift a little bit later. If you don't know what a pronoun is, don't worry about it. Or maybe Google pronouns. <laughs> but it's like us, them, we, I, me, none, but you get it. 
But the us that's being referred to here is actually Jewish Christians. And we're going to see that in just a second as it shifts. It says, and imagine yourself being a, a Gentile listening to this message, hearing the us. He's blessed us as he's talked to the Jewish brothers because Paul was definitely very, very Jewish. But praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. After three of those us's, you're probably getting a little discouraged if you're a Gentile. You're like, dang it. You're like, he blessed y'all, not us. In accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all the wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into, a, into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and, and on earth under Christ. And at this point, you really, if you're a Gentile, you're going, and they get all the good stuff. He blessed you. He blessed you. He's redeemed you. You know the mystery. You know. You've been included. And even in 11 and 12, in him we were also chosen, having predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. All about the Jewish people. And if you're a Gentile, you're feeling like you're on the outside looking in again. Hey, wouldn't that kind of deject you a little bit? You just feel down? You're like, man, that, that sounds really great, but maybe not for me. And here's where we get into our text for today. In verse 13, there's a huge shift. And you, for the first time in this book, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation when, belie when you believed. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. This is the really cool part for everybody here that's not Jewish. That all those things, and we don't understand this because we don't live in a culture where we're worried about whether or not how Jewish you have to be to be a Christian. But we have to put ourselves in the mind of the people actually hearing this. And they were going, man, y'all have that, y'all have that. But wait, we too were included? What? What is going on? That's amazing. We were also marked, with, marked in him with a seal. And we too have a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. We'll get to that in a minute. I got an inheritance now? Woohoo! Life is great! An attitude of gratitude comes in because of all the exclusion that happened before. We're going to deal with this question here. What does it mean that I'm sealed by God? So seals back in those days are not the or or doing trick seals, just in case you're confused. Also, if you ever read the book of Revelation, and you read the seals that were broken, those are also seals like this, not seals. That confused me a lot as a kid. Seals back in those days 
back in the ancient times, they were used for a lot of different things. They were used for security. Jesus's tomb was sealed. You guys remember that? It said it's sealed shut to make sure that his body was safe. They sealed Daniel in the lion's den to make sure he couldn't get out, make sure the prisoner was secure. Another big one was authentication. Well, what happened is the, uh, the king would send out a decree and he would attach his seal to it. And what it was is they would melt some wax um, and then press their seal like this one into the wax. And if it carried the seal of the king or the emperor, then it also carried his authority. Think about it back then. There were no, there was no social security cards. There was no barcodes or anything, no security like that. You kind of just had to go by people's word. Well, then how could you identify and authenticate that someone really, really said this or someone really authenticated this? Can you imagine you go to a, like somebody could fake themselves being a king or a prince and go to another king and say, hey, uh, my, my country's going to start a war against you unless you give me $5 million. And people did that actually. But if you didn't have the signet ring, if you didn't have the seal of the king, it was kind of like an ID thing. That makes sense? Then the third thing it was, it was used for, it was to show ownership. And what would happen is you would go, whether you were a king or whether you were a regular person, you'd go to a mason who would make you a seal. And it was actually illegal for them, once they finished the seal, to make another copy or to keep it for themselves. They had to give it to you because it was the only way for you to actually authenticate that you own stuff. And what you did is you would take your signet ring or you would take your seal and you'd go home and you'd punch your seal on everything that was yours. You'd go and if you could, if you could put it on there, you're putting it on there. Pottery, boom, sealed, mine. Furniture, boom, sealed. Everything that you could. And, uh, you know, you put it on wine, you put it on your letters, you put it on your house so that if people ever saw your seal in the community, they know, oh, that's Dwight's. Oh, but they're not going to confuse that with, with Reese's because it's got Dwight's seal on it. It would never happen. They have their own seals. Makes sense? This is my stuff. Think about it for us. I think it's a little bit easier for us to imagine it more like a brand. That's a cattle brand. I didn't want to show a picture of a cattle like, or of a cow getting branded because it's disturbing for some of you that are vegetarians. Don't worry about it. <laughs> But what you would do is you have all these cattle and cattle, cows all look the same over a period of time. So you'd have to go in and you'd heat this thing up and you'd brand the back of the cow to show that it was yours. So that if it ever got mixed up with someone else's flock, it wouldn't say, hey, that, all, those, all these sheep are mine. Yeah, they're all mine, all 300 of them. I know for a fact you have 10 sheep. What are you talking about? <laughs> Problem solved if you have branding on your sheep or on your cows or whatever. So that's why you would brand things, to show your ownership. That's what seals were for. But when we're talking about this, that's, this is the, the idea of us being sealed. This is God showing his ownership of us. Now back in the day, back in the day, saying that I belong to God was, it was a very clear picture. Now, these are not first century Jews because no pictures exist of first century Jews because cameras didn't exist then. So just in case you're upset with me, but you get the idea that somebody that was Jewish, 
It was so clear that they belonged to God, belonged to Yahweh, because their life was so different. What they ate was different. Keep the bacon. Boo, what? No bacon for me. <clears throat> they wouldn't eat with you if you weren't a Jewish person. They would say, you can't actually come into my house. You cannot, I cannot eat with you. You can't eat with me. They would dress differently. They would have these things called phylacteries, which are basically these boxes that they would tie around their heads full of scripture and leather straps around their arms to, to help them with their prayers. They would shave their beard or not shave their beards in certain ways so that you would know for a fact they are different. They were nothing like anyone else around. Everything that they did was to show that they were marked that they were sealed by God. It was basically saying, hey, if you look like this and you act like this and you live like this, this is how you belong to God. That's God's stamp of ownership. But this moment in Ephesians 13 where he talks about, hey, it's not that. It isn't like this. Because in the, in the Ephesian church, they're sitting around, they're still feeling this a little bit. And every time that they walk in, they're a little bit more Jewish. They do a little bit more to follow the law. They stand a little bit taller. They puff their chests out a little bit more and feel a little bit better about themselves. And the people that aren't like that, they slouch a little bit more, get a little bit more ashamed. And this is the great moment where Paul says, hey, it isn't this. It isn't how you were born that makes you marked and sealed. And make, that's not the thing that makes you belong to God. It's not this. But it's this. It is the Holy Spirit that has been given to you. That's how you were sealed. That's your mark that you belong to God. It is no longer your haircut or your diet or your fashion sense. And some of you say, praise God for that. It is the Holy Spirit that God gave to you that makes you part of God's family. That's the mark, which is amazing. That's your seal. And on top of that, if we get to the, the just look down to verse 14. It says, who is a, the Holy Spirit not only acts as a sign and a mark to mark you as God's own, but it is also a deposit guaranteed our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. It is God's down payment to you. The Greek word there is erebon, which is literally down payment or initial payment, or payment in pledge. It's The Holy Spirit is like, hey, you have an inheritance with me now. Now, you're not going to get it till you go to heaven. You don't get the full thing, but here's my down payment. You get a little bit of it now to guarantee that you have something waiting for you in heaven. And to think about this for just a second, and again, this is where we have to get out of our 21st century mindsets, that inheritance, they were not for everyone back then. The only people that got inheritances were free firstborn males. So if you were a free firstborn male, you could get an inheritance. If you were secondborn, the only way you could get that inheritance is if your brother died. I have two brothers. I'm glad either one of them are here to hear this. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love them. They would never do that. If you were not free... If you were a slave or if you had moved away from your family, you didn't have an inheritance anymore. 
You didn't get that. Ladies, I'm sorry. If you were a woman, you did not get an inheritance. In fact, the dude who married you got your inheritance. And now there's all kinds of trouble going on right now. <laughs> so this is the amazing thing that God goes, look, all of you who are here, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter if you're a slave or free, if you're a Jewish person or a Greek person, it doesn't matter, you have an inheritance with me. And this is my down payment to show you that. You got it waiting for you. And the Holy Spirit is the thing that will keep you going right now. We gotta go through some, through some things though too. What does it not mean that I'm sealed by God? Well, it does not mean that you, when you intellectually agreed with Jesus, that you were marked. If you take a look at this, it says, when you believed, you were marked in him with the seal. And you can read that and you can go, oh, well, I intellectually agree and therefore believe in Jesus. Therefore, I must be marked with the Holy Spirit. Not so fast. This idea of belief is a deep concept, something much deeper than an intellectual agreement. Galatians 3, verse 26 and 27. For some of you that's like, oh, might, might feel different things about, do I need to actually get baptized still with that? Well, in Galatians 3, the same guy who wrote this book, Ephesians, wrote Galatians, and he said this interchangeably. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Sweet. And to follow that right up, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. That in Paul's mind, these things are not separated. That the faithful action, what you do consummate to bring it about to bring to fullness of your faith you get baptized that's what you're going to do but more than that jesus himself luke 13 verse 5 says i tell you no but unless you repent you too will all perish jesus said that it's in luke 13 you write it down read it later or read it now it's right there well we can't say that oh when i intellectually agreed or affirmed the statement that God, that Jesus is Lord, that I just said it, but there was no repentance. You weren't, you weren't marked then. Repentance is required. Baptism is required. But when you come in, if you have repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, then you have been marked with the Holy Spirit. It says that in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is when you're marked. But if you say, oh, I, I, I agree with this without repentance and the true change in your life, you're not marked. You're not marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. You'd like to be, but you're just not yet. The other thing is that this does not mean, when it says that this is a guarantee of your inheritance, the word guarantee does not appear in the original text at all. That has been put in by translators. The word guarantee there is, again, this word of down payment. It's God's guarantee. It's God's down payment saying, hey, there is an inheritance waiting for you in heaven. I guarantee that. That's why I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to tell you this is the down payment. This is for you to say, hey, this is awesome, but heaven's even greater. But Paul, even in this book, it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, there is a way for us to fall. We've got to get ready to stand firm. Jesus 
In Matthew 24, verse 13, he says, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And we don't, just because God has marked us doesn't guarantee that we're going to complete the transaction. It just means that if you stay with God, God will complete the transaction. We're in a covenant relationship. God's going to hold up his end. Are you going to hold up yours? And even in Hebrews 10, verse 26 through 29, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the spirit of grace. Now, this isn't meant to get you to be afraid to fear every moment of your life and for you to fear your mistakes. And every time you screw up, you wonder, have I really done it now? Is God going to really take it away? No, that's not what this is meant to do. On the contrary, these passages are telling us, hey, watch out, because Satan is cunning and crafty. And when you get to the point when you're deliberately sinning and you're using grace as a license for sin, you know you have some issues. I'm not talking about if you're trying to, if you've got stuff that you're going through and you're trying to grow in your character, we all mess up. We all make mistakes. There is still an inheritance for you. That you are still marked with the seal, but you can't keep going with a high hand deliberately saying, I'm going to do me and God will just work it out at the end. You can't insult the spirit of grace. If God has marked you and you're not trying to be different and you kind of just keep doing your thing, you're insulting God's spirit. And God doesn't play like that. God won't be played like that. God, don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. Just try to put these things out there for us to understand that as we read these things, we, we do need to have great security from the fact that if you're in Christ Jesus, you have the inheritance and you've been marked with the seal. But don't insult the spirit of grace. And some of us in here are studying the Bible. And that's awesome. We're glad you're with us. But if you haven't repented and been baptized, you haven't been marked yet. You don't have the inheritance yet. Keep studying the Bible. Repent. Get baptized. And see this amazing down payment that God gives you. We got to take care that we actually are putting on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, we can stand our ground. There is absolutely a battle raging for our souls and the lost souls of this world. There's just some things that being sealed does not mean. <laughs> but here's the fun part. What do I do now that I'm sealed? You represent you represent heart. I know there's no football today except for the Pro Bowl. Happy Pro Bowl to everyone. But you represent. I really appreciate Sheila's point. We get so excited to represent our football teams. I get crazy when I'm watching sports. Katie can testify. She's like, is everything okay? And I'm like, no, but yeah, everything's, everything's fine. I'm losing again. But we need to represent God in our lives if we've been marked with his Holy Spirit. 
And we're not marked by religious t-shirts. We're not marked by church attendance. And we're not marked by saying, God bless you when people sneeze and holding the doors for people and praying for your breakfast cereals. That is not what marks you. And so often we can take that and that's my mark. I go to church, how can I not be marked? By that logic, standing in a garage would make you a car. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. But how we represent is we live a life driven by the Holy Spirit. That is our seal. That is our brand. That our life is kind of out of control. We're marked by the unpredictability that comes with someone who is actually living by the Spirit. That out of nowhere, you're, hey, we need to stop and we need to pray about this. Or out of nowhere, hey, we need to stop. We need to share our faith with that guy or that girl. Or making decisions that put God way above your academic life or above your career. But here's my question. And tell me. But here's my question. We're all kind of sealed and marked by different things in our lives. Some of us are students. Some of us have families. Some of us have careers. You're showing my points now. It's all good. Thanks, Ellie. We all have these different things that we can identify with. What's the first seal? What's the first mark that comes to people's minds about you? Is it overwhelming that you are, you are the property of God? That you are, you are owned by the Holy Spirit? Is that the first thing that comes to people's mind? Or is that kind of like down the list? Well, you know what they're really all about? They're really all about the Cowboys. Sad state that is. <laughs> Pray for them. <laughs> some of us, it is our sports. But some of us, when people think about us, the first thing they think of is, man, they're really busy with school. They study so much. They're all about the degree. Some of us, our, the first seal when people think about us is our job. They work so hard at their job, and you know what? They're good at it. Property of whatever company you work for. Some of us, the first seal that we think about when it, or when it comes to other people or when they think about us is that's a family man or she's a great mom. Which There's nothing wrong with being a great student, being a great worker, being good at your job being a great family man or a great mom. But is that the first thing that comes to people's minds about you? Sometimes, sometimes it's not so great thing. Sometimes it's, he's so cool. He's just cool. He knows all the latest stuff. He's up on all the trends. He knows all the fashion. That, sometimes for that girl, she's so fashionable. She knows all the trends, all the styles. I've never seen her with anything a season late. Mm -mm. Some of us, it's, he's so financially savvy. He's just smart with his money. And these can be the marks that people know us by instead. It needs to be that people, when they think about you, they're like, 
that boy or that girl is crazy. The first thing, man, they're always talking about Jesus. The first thing is you are a disciple before you are anything else. You are not a student that happens to be a disciple or a worker that happens to be a disciple or a mom that happens to be a disciple. You are a disciple that happens to be a student, that happens to be a worker, that happens to be a mom. And when that's the way it is and the Holy Spirit is driving what you do, everything else works out better anyway. Because <laughs> when the first thing that somebody thinks about is not God, that means you've got an idol in your life. And you're letting something else drive you rather than the Holy Spirit of God. And then you're going to fight against his hand. That does not sound smart. That does not sound like it's going to work out well. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard. It is hard to say that. It's hard to say, well, I trust the Holy Spirit, particularly when it's going to cause me to make decisions that are difficult. If I do that and I listen to the Holy Spirit, that means I'm not going to spend 19 hours in the library to get my 4.9 GPA. Let's be honest. Some of you guys spend 19 hours in the library and get like a 2.9. It's okay. So I'm just saying, we all learn at different speeds. <laughs> but a degree is not going to solve your life. A piece of paper you hang on your wall is not the answer to your problems. You know, maybe you're really into your relationship. Or maybe you're all about finding a relationship. <laughs> I don't know much. I've only been married for a month and some change, but I know a little thing on your finger doesn't change your problems. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage is great. <laughs> we say, what we do is we say, I know I can trust the spirit and trust that the inheritance that I'm going to get in heaven is better, but that's so far away. The money that I need right now, that's going to solve my problems right now. The boyfriend or girlfriend, that's going to solve my problems right now. These are going to solve my family issues, my marriage problems. They're going to solve my loneliness issues. And that's when we start to trade out our mark, we say, hey, mark me with something else. I want to be cool. I want to be stable. I want my family to be peaceful. And we think that it's something other than the Holy Spirit is going to get us there. And that's just not the case. The truth is that we need to have in our minds that one day, that deposit, this is the little deposit that God has given you, with the Holy Spirit, that God is going to be make good on everything that he's promised you. My challenge for all of us here, start throwing off any other seal, any other mark, any other property that is trying to grab a hold of you and sink its claws in you, throw it off and make some decisions to make sure that when people think about you, the first thing is I am marked by God. And just see what happens. Imagine just in a week from now, if that's what we did, imagine all the great victories we would see, all the great ways that God would work, the ways that we've swapped out temporary treasures for eternity. And if that's the case, we'll be able to say, I am sealed to be secure 
and be able to make it to the day when the inheritance becomes full because we're sealed in God. Amen? Amen. Amen.